0: Radio Sport regular Joel Stransky. We'll start with the Lions. Joel, are they better than they have been over the last two years?
1: Well, firstly good morning, all, and um, nice to be on the show again. I'm not sure they're better. I think they've had a couple of wobbles in the last few weeks, and they've um, they've managed to get through that little wobbly state and they had a real good win on Friday, and I thought they were absolutely clinical in the way they went about things. But uh, to be quite frank, the Aussie sides are, are not great. And, and I think they'll only really be able to judge themselves when they get down to your part of the woods, I, I'd imagine.
0: And the Bulls, the Sharks and the Stormers have had mixed results. But would you be encouraged, would the South African rugby public be encouraged by the fact that they have beaten New Zealand teams?
1: No. I, I, so, yes, in a way, the Bulls at times have, have shown some real good signs and they're their young side, with are Mitchell and Arving taken over they're, they're certainly a, a team that are, are growing and evolving, uh, and and trying to find their feet in a, in a new style of play, moving away from that old traditional, you know, one pass Bulls rugby. And and I think they've shown some real good signs. What what is disappointing is the form of both the Sharks and and the Stormers. They they are not consistent. They um they they're very erratic in the way they go. But I think they've got glimpses of some some nice moments. But if, if you consider how poor the Sharks were last week, if you consider that. Quality of a game on the weekend between the Sharks and the Stormers—it was a It was a game littered with errors and mistakes and poor quality rugby. It's, it's worrying times for those two franchises. So, you know, as South African rugby fans, we find ourselves pretty much in the exact opposite place as, as 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 the New Zealand franchises. You've got four great sides and one battling. We've got one really good side stepping up, one on the on the mend, one growing, and we've got two that are certainly struggling to find their form, it, it, it is a bit worrying.
0: Is that hurting the level of interest in South Africa for the Super Rugby competition?
1: Yeah, very much so. You, you know, I think all our rugby fans love to see a team that's winning. We, they, they want to get out there and support a, a team that's playing a great brand of rugby, that's delivering great results, that's inspiring, and uh, and that is consistently you know, achieving and, and, and doing those things. And, and right now, the stormers are, are good at home. They've they've they won a few games at home where they've they've shown signs of really raising the game and and not and because they are at home and in front of their own public. They've been dreadful on the road. The sharks have been erratic and inconsistent. They've got real dramas around you know getting more people into the stand. So it, it is concerning and, and, and I think as a result we are losing a bit of viewership.
0: Well, Joel, last year, of course, you had six teams in the competition, and we have to remind ourselves here that the Kings and the Cheaters are still around. They're playing professionally in another competition. How has that changed the balance of power within the South African franchises?
1: So I I think it changed a little bit and for the better. You know, you've seen seen one or two of the top Cheaters players move across to one of the Super Rugby franchises the last Raymond Rule, but maybe not enough is probably the way I would look at it. I would have thought the... The ideal situation, the ideal scenario, is that the top players in the free state and and the kings and the cheaters and the kings would would move to super rugby franchises, and we would have the, the the best players in the country playing super rugby. And that hasn't really happened. The, the cheaters have hung on to some of those players, and and as a as a team for me, that should be you know maybe becoming one of the almost de- development hubs. They've got some great school teams, great university team. Um, they've got they've got a Platform to, to go and breed youngsters in, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, I, I would have thought that it would have been in their interest to, to make sure the best players are playing super rugby. And, and we've seen one or two of the Chigas players move away, but not all of them. But having said that, the Chigas are a young side. They, they have very much a a development mindset or a, a nurturing mindset. They can't afford to keep their top expensive players, which is why the likes of the likes of or the Raymond, Raymond Rule have all moved away. So. Maybe it's a natural course for that team, but they're doing pretty well in Europe and doing well. The Kings, I think, are back, and every year they seem to be dismantled and have to start again, and it's not a recipe that can ever work.
0: Are those players eligible for the Springboks, Joel, those players that are playing for the Kings and the Cheaters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I think, I think them, all, the local, all the players playing locally are eligible, and now Rusty Rasmus has got dispensation from us, so you to pick more of players as well. Bearing in mind is a World Cup coming up in the next 18 months, so so I think our pool base for selection is is broad and is good, but you know going to the, the the opening point, is, I'm not sure we're delivering delivering at the moment consistent enough results to to really be feeling super, superbly confident about the Rugby World Cup next year. How about this season?
0: We're we're now at the midway point of the competition, Joel. You can run the rule over all of those players and all of those teams. Rusty Rasmus, his first year in the job as South African coach. Would he be optimistic or pessimistic? And how about yourself about the prospects of South Africa this year, particularly against the All
1: Blacks? Um, So so I uh, I would be a little concerned about wanting to go out and win and, and be confident that we're going to win right now i'd be quite positive about thinking about the future and and what i say that is is that right now we're not hundred percent sure of who our best players are we don't know who our best fullback is and if i think just about the spine of the team the decision makers you know we probably know who our best thirteen is we probably don't know who our best fullback our best twelve our best ten our best nine our best eight um we probably we definitely know who our best hooker is but you know, we've got a lot of positions in our in our springbok camp that are not settled that are not cast in stone and I think if you want to be a great side on the in in international rugby on the global um platform on the global stage you've got to have an, a, you know a whole host of dead search stars like the Blacks said that you pick you know you, that you pin into every single team you just write them down for the big games and we're not in that position we we are still um, We've got a lot of youngsters coming through. We're still unsure in one or two areas. We're not quite settled. We've now got another new coach who's going to want to stamp his type of game plan on on the team, and and I think that will be probably the the shining light because Rossi is definitely a real thinker of the game. He's a real strategist, and I, and I've no doubt he'll he, he'll manage those players well, and, and and we will definitely improve. But will we improve enough right now to beat the Blacks? I'm I'm not 100% sure.